Digital Marketing Radio, Episode 97. DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain. I wanted to do something a little bit different for this episode of Digital Marketing Radio because each episode so far has been recorded either using Skype or Google Hangouts. So I went along to one of the biggest digital marketing meetups in London, ONM London it's called, and asked a few attendees and speakers there for their thoughts on the state of digital marketing today. And later on this episode, I'm going to tell you about a brand new free SEO course that I've just released as well. But first of all, conversations with a couple of people that I met at the ONM London meetup. One of the first people that I got talking to was a chap called Jacob Flint. So let's hear him explain what he and his business does. I run a company called MedArchive, which is a content marketing automation platform for the life science industry. It's a mouthful. Now, it's quite easy for those of us involved in digital marketing to live in a bit of a bubble, thinking that everyone understands the ease and benefits of marketing your business online. But that's not always the case. So I wanted to know whether Jacob thought that his target audience were generally comfortable with the options available to them when it comes to digital marketing. It's a very mixed bag. Uh, the pharmaceutical industry is by and large about f- three to four years uh, behind other areas when it comes to digital marketing. Large part of that is can be attributed to fear of regulations. Uh, FDA only this summer came out with an actual... Uh, recommendations around social media usage in the industry Uh, so there is a lot of fear about how to handle digital marketing I thought that was an interesting thing to say because it also mirrored my own experience working as a digital marketer in the financial services industry for a while because if you can't react immediately then often the opportunity has changed and that's a significant challenge so I went on to chat to Jacob about how, with the proliferation of smartphone devices, digital marketing techniques were changing rapidly. I asked Jacob what aspect about this was affecting his industry the most. Being available across all of the channels with a consistent message, but fitting the format of the content. So, for instance, every academic article comes out, has both a summary, probably has a PubMed record as well, and it will be graphs and other things that are interesting for the, for the doctors. And it's fleecing out those bits. So when you put something on a, uh, on a social platform, uh, being a physician community or a Twitter handle, you link to something that is a five-minute lunch break video or a lunch break thing to look at. But you link it to deeper content so that you, go, so that you let the doctor follow from, ah, that's interesting, that's curious, let me read this for five minutes. Okay, I will request the deeper material. Next stage, I will request a meeting with somebody who to, to tell me about it, or I will request an online meeting to meet to have an online presence with a company representative. Uh, certain industries, certain of the medical device industry, for instance, have the pharmaceutical the, the medical device reps go in and actually advise in surgeries to come out during a surgery and say, well, best method for applying this device is through this and that so being available with concept with us with a um with a consistent message that's backed up by evidence 
but tailor the format for the different channels. That's the real tricky bit. Uh, and then following and proving that there is a value in doing that. So weaving through what Jacob was saying there, you can't just think of content marketing as a digital marketing service. It's a communication format and a style that needs to be ingrained into the business as a whole. And that's a lesson that applies to everyone, I'm sure. So Jacob and I wandered into the main function room, had a beverage or two, and our conversation goes a bit left field. Jacob starts telling me about the marketing lessons that can be learned from Basil Fawlty. So yes, a month ago, I, I was watching this uh, ITV program about this absolutely horrible hotelier that, was, uh, that went bust in Brighton already with a, uh, in Torquay with a, with a hotel once, and now he's working for somebody else. But he had spunk. He really went up there, and it made me think of the real Basil Fawlty and what lessons this guy uh, actually had for us entrepreneurs in the sense that he accounted on one user group, they miserably failed, they didn't turn up, yet he went out and found another user group. And for many people, that's, for many entrepreneur startups, that's exactly the type of thing they do. It's a bit of the, the proper Basil Fawlty, never give up, never surrender. So what social network do you think Basil Fawlty would be using nowadays? I have... Uh, I think he'd actually probably be in something with a uh, horse uh, horse bedding. Uh, he'd probably be following the horses on Twitter and get all excited about uh, what was streaming in, and have a little social group on uh, a little old, a little social group on on Facebook that his wife didn't want him to be a member of. I'm sure. So, do you think he'd ever make it and actually be a millionaire, or do you think he'd always be struggling? Uh, he uh, he lacks the sales skills. Utterly lacks the sales skills to to probably. He couldn't sell a warm shower in on a on a rainy cold day. Let's put it like that. And without being able to do that, you're not really gonna make it. Uh, so I Basil Fawlty as a millionaire, I doubt it seriously. <laughs> but people can still learn from his personality. That's the thing. I mean, uh, you 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 can. You, better to learn from other people's mistakes than to repeat them yourselves, isn't it? If you see that, if you can take the inspiration of saying, all right, I had done all my research. It turned out they didn't actually want it anyway. I, I did the best I could. I will learn lessons from it for the future. But right now I need to solve the problem. I can't give up. I just got to get out there and find the next user group that will actually buy into whatever it is that the product is. Airbnb is a great example. It took them two to three years from the inception of Airbnb until they actually started having the formula right and start making money. Without spunk, without grit of actually hanging in there and, and full horse stupidly believing in themselves and believing that they would do something unique, they would never have got there. And uh, what about Civil Faulty? Would you be more successful than Basil? Well, that's that's another story. I, I'm not sure that uh, that that for my for my part, uh, I would never have gotten this far without my wife. Uh, having having a good having a good backland that will support you even when you start doubting yourself is beyond invaluable. It's it's the it's the best strength that can be of all. Having somebody who will support you when you are getting close to that red line, oversteps it even, is invaluable because you can't always have all the beliefs in yourself at all times. You need others to support you and believe in you as well. And 
Sybil never believes in Basil in anything, does she? <laughs> and that might be part of why they will, why this, uh, why the hotel never succeeds to get a real Michelin star or, or even just a triple A rating. So a little bit of fun there and perhaps a lesson that no matter what environment you're in, marketing lessons can still be learned. I then had the opportunity to speak with Aidan Carroll, one of the evening's speakers. And I was very impressed with Aidan's charisma. So I started off by asking him how he became such an engaging speaker. Um, if I can be honest, it's probably, it's probably not a learned skill. It's probably just a born behavior a little bit. Um, and I'm sure that sounds like probably self-flattery, but um, I, I don't intend it that way. Um, it just seems to flow quite readily. I think probably if you're interested in the subject matter and you're interested in actually talking about the various things that are in the talk, um, it's very, very easy to be natural and very easy to be human about it and very easy to be honest and straightforward about it. And kind of in doing so, I suppose perhaps that comes across as engaging. Um, it's not actually initially the plan at any point, but hopefully, you know, at least you kind of try and win some hearts and minds while you're doing it. You've never been scared as a presenter at all before you got on the stage? Absolutely, every single time. Every single time. Online and offline, every single time. You're always, there's always that element of panic. What will these people think? Because you never really know who are, who's in the audience, you know, what the demographic is. And as a marketer, you're always thinking, oh, what, what are the target audience? Perhaps this isn't the target audience for me. Perhaps I'll, I'll say something very, very off-pat. Um, and perhaps they'll not like me. Um, and in a way, you also have to remember that not everyone is going to like you. But ultimately, you know, still getting up there. The minute you're up there, it's all fine. Um, it's just that kind of, it's the walk to the stage or it's the switching on of a webcam. It's kind of that real feeling of anxiety that makes everybody, you know, a little bit more human. And ultimately, you know, if, if I said I was completely confident at all times, I'd be lying. So I, I try not to lie. Now, what I liked about what you said then and what I really liked about what you said actually in your talk was that you describe yourself as a marketer, not a digital marketer. Um, so why do you think that you should describe yourself as a marketer rather than digital Yeah. Marketer? Well, I mean, I think probably... I'd say two or three years ago we could say we could draw a little bit more distinction between marketing and, we, and digital marketing as this kind of the, the new kid on the block. I think probably um, the marketing has already had its funeral now and there is no new kid on the block, there is only one. Um, and digital marketing has rebranded itself as marketing a little bit. Um, and I would say probably fundamentally the way money is being spent now, the way ROI is being generated, the way consumers use platforms and use you know, the various, various things to kind of get on with their daily lives, it is more digitally orientated than analog now. Um, and to say that digital marketing is a separate thing, it's an add-on to marketing, is, is wrong. Marketing might be an add-on to digital, um, if we talk about it in a direct marketing context, but digital is no longer the little brother. Absolutely not in any way, shape, or form. And you have to be appraised of both kind of digital, direct, analog, traditional, in order to be a more robust, integrated marketer. But it, I, I would be, I'd be lying to say that you know digital is now, uh, it, it's very much at the forefront of my mind and hopefully of everybody else's. And it's um, really tough to actually give someone generic advice now as well yeah. um, because um, in the past uh, a few years ago you could perhaps actually say this is what you should do in terms of online marketing follow this particular plan um, but if someone comes up to you and says look um, I've got a little business here what should I be doing is there any generic advice that you can offer at all or is it always bespoke to each business I think generally it, it, it's bespoke to a certain extent, but kind of the great sort of fundamental truth of things is if you focus on your product and focus on your brand, the marketing sort of does itself to a certain extent. Of course you'll have paths to market, of course you'll have channels that your customers favor, but ultimately, you know, if you build a brand that is robust, that is human, that is entertaining, that is, you know, informative, that is useful, that provides a solution, you know, you can't help but succeed. So when people say, oh, I really need all the information to tell you, you know, which channels to use and how to, how to be successful, 
Actually, actually success is really very much a, it's very subjective. And if you can kind of decide firstly who you are as a brand and engage with your customers, and of course they'll also own a little bit of who you are as a brand, then you're probably prone for more success than you otherwise might be entitled to. So it's not necessarily this kind of recipe for success anymore. It's much more organic, which is interesting in the digital age really, um, than it ever would have been before. And it's absolutely incredible to think about how digital marketing has evolved over the last few years or so. Um, So is it possible actually to imagine what it will be like in five years time? It's possible to imagine it, absolutely, yes. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about digital. I like to think of myself as a bit of a futurist and a bit of a technologist on top of being a marketer. Um, but fundamentally, I cannot tell you where we will be in five years, but I hope it's somewhere very interesting. Um, and I think we probably see the grass shoots. And a lot of people will sing from the same hymn sheet to a certain extent. We've heard it's the year of mobile every year now for five years. And I agree, it is the year of mobile. It's not only the year of mobile, it's the year of content and the year of consumer engagement. And the the year of the internet of things um so i think probably it's not that the technology will advance a huge amount in the next four or five years but how we use it will advance rapidly um and that's what we're seeing and why facebook and google are constantly reinventing themselves because they recognize that actually the technology is not the key it's the consumer behavior and although that's a real chicken and egg debate fundamentally consumer behavior and consumer need drives the technological change that we're all watching in awe at times So lots of interesting thoughts from a man who certainly delivered on stage that evening as well. But I'd also be interested in your thoughts as well, dear listener. Do you like me mixing up the episode a little bit, or do you prefer me sticking with the tried and tested format of the interviews that I've been publishing so far in previous episodes? Send me a tweet, at David Bain, and tell me what you think. Finally, I'm going to tell you about a free course on SEO that I've just published. If you go to digitalmarketingradio.com slash SEO, you can watch a free two and a half hour video course, an introduction to SEO that I've just released. In it, I cover six main areas, and they are number one, what is SEO and why is it important? Number two, how search engines work. Number three, a brief history of SEO. Number four, on-site, on-page and off-page SEO. Number five, key elements of on-page SEO. And number six, the impact of SEO. So just go to digitalmarketingradio.com slash SEO and you can watch the whole course for free. It's actually published on Udemy and YouTube as well. The only thing I'd ask is if it does help you out, I'd be really grateful if you'd leave a rating, a, a like, a comment or a review, just depending on where you're watching it. And of course... If you can share it with some of your friends, that'll be much appreciated as well, though. So, give you the link one more time, digitalmarketingradio.com slash SEO. So there we go, that's it for this episode. I'll be back with more of a regular episode next week. But until then, do one thing that increases your website traffic, and another thing to improve your conversion rates. Bye for now. Digital Marketing Radio, Digital Marketing Radio, Digital Marketing Radio, that yeah.